in the medical school, you can begin simple study, then you can let the foundation, you know basics, uh, what is pre-research phase, what is research phase, what is post-research phase, what is publication and other. So it will be easy path for people forward. Hello guys, we are back again with yet another episode and a very special one. I am Prathna. I am Manita. First, let me thank all of you for supporting us throughout this journey. We all are familiar with the word research and how important role it plays in medicine. When the health practice has evolved into being evidence-based practice, its importance has been highlighted more. But we as a medical student are always in a dilemma about how to get into this high-fi field. I'm sure you all might have come across this many times. So here we are trying to dwell into the topic. And oh, I'm so excited. We have an amazing human being, our very own senior and alumni of NAIHS as our guest today, who will help us navigate through various avenues of research. He has also donned many professional hats from being a favorite student in medical college to being a competent doctor to paving his way into research like very few. We have Dr. Dhan Bahadur Shrashta with us today. We would want to uh, start the interview with you and it's a pleasure that you agreed so readily and um, we've always been inspired by you. Almost everyone from NIH has been inspired by you. So we have a yes. list of few questions and we'd be happy to hear what you have to say so that it acts as a guidance to each and every junior that follows you. Okay, thank you for considering me in this session. Uh, basically, uh, being proactive in this field is the most until and unless you initiate it you won't know how to proceed and everything will just behind uh, and by knowing that you guys are so proactive in this sort of activities i'm really happy to uh, see you people raising so many issues like uh, which is not included in our curriculum uh, being a uh, student in the medical college. So, with best wishes ahead, I would like to thank again being considering me in this session. So, without further delay, let's proceed. Sure, so um, for, first of all, uh, before diving into this complexity of the research, uh, we'd really like to know that uh, when was your first article published and do you remember how you had felt at that time? Were you excited, you're nervous, or you're just sailing around thinking that what's the normal thing to happen or how was it? Oh yeah, in the this resource field uh, to get involved itself is really a praising issue uh, for like a medical student and um, um, any other student or uh, field member in the medical field. So it was uh, in my fourth year when I graduated from my third year MBBS, uh, 2016, year 2016, my first paper got published and actually that was the second article I was working on. Uh, first was already completed but uh, it took pretty long uh, time to get consideration in publication. So it was associated with forensic medicine. So in Okama University Journal, after uh, suggestion by the professor, we submit there and that was considered for the publication. Obviously, uh, it will be a moment of joy and to cherish with the colleague who are in, uh, involved in those uh, research work. Uh, I shared those uh, 
obligation in the social platform like Facebook and all. And it was a joyous moment for me. Yes, and we have been reading your articles. Like whenever you share it, we are so excited that oh, there's a new article from that, and you know, it's a joyous moment for us as well. Thank you. Actually, uh, why I do share my paper to the colleague and all is like uh, this is the way we get feedback. Actually, now many journals uh, allow for the preprint publication, and that's the time when we get so many critics critical comments and critics so that we can revise our manuscript further so that that will be more um, upgraded and more uh, revised one and that is less prone to have error so that uh, uh, there will be other post-publication issue uh, so to get that um, to increase the readership as well as another way is uh, if some, uh, someone are wishing to get, uh, have uh, resource uh, as a beginner they can get some insight where to work Right. There is two way. One thing is they can replicate that uh, that sort of research work. Another is they can uh, use the question raised by that publication so that they can push it forward. Like uh, if I did some sort of uh, prevalence study and risk factor analysis, then uh, after knowing prevalence, they can do further. As well as uh, if they want to replicate same prevalence and risk factor assessment in another community, they can do that. So it is like uh, providing them opportunity as well as guiding them. So. For that, I do share with my platform, uh, uh, and people around can get and read those things. Thank you so much, Tai, for sharing your works as well. So it'll help everyone who come after you to guide us to venture into this vast field of research as well. So we have a second question. So the importance of involvement of medical students in research has always been a topic of discussion. We have always been discussing that research is so important. So what do you think personally, how important uh, a role research can play in the life of a medical student? Oh, well, so uh, as you raised the question, it is very relevant and all medical students must know how to conduct a research when they will graduate because uh, this is uh, like uh, part of our uh, study. Though in our curriculum it is mentioned, it is not so emphasized part. Like uh, we do uh, visit community in the first year as a CSD program, community health diagnosis. So it is here. Uh, but may, the major lagging is our faculty member and our uh, course curriculum is not so oriented to that topic. Uh, they teach us SP, how to run SPSS and all, just a little bit so that we can submit a report. But they don't guide us properly how to do uh, this uh, sampling, random sampling or uh, just simple sampling method. Just they want us to uh, submit a report and that's the problem. And what students do? They use that as a leisure time and actually that's not. This, that's the, one of the sections. Uh, where there is not much to study. Study burden is very less. And if we just utilize that time, also we can uh, have so many ideas like, uh, like running SPSS smoothly, uh, how to uh, get sampling and all. And then we can initiate uh, our research work from there and then only. And also in third year, there is uh, uh, field clinical, uh, after clinical, there is the another session of the community. And we say that family health physique. There is also that's there, but that is again neglected. So we prefer prefers towards the report writing and all, but we don't do anything rest in scientific way. So basically, research is backbone. 
we say vertebrae is backbone for us. Likewise, in the medical science, the resource is the backbone. So based on every evidence we generate, we have to practice our clinical uh, practice. So to modify that also, we need resource. And major lagging is evidences here. We don't have evidence. And who will generate the evidence? That's we. We should know how to conduct research properly in a scientific way and to generate and help the uh, future practice. And from the medical school only, we should learn. Otherwise, we won't get time to learn those things. So we'll get lag. So uh, I want to share my experience with you people. So when I were in third year, my third year, uh, I, I was just thinking so many things because I, I were uh, in first batch of finances. So sort of uh, priming best. So our university, I, I mean, our college was not registered even in the international medical, medical education directory. So then I wrote a letter to the principal uh, for the further processing and then finally got registered after a year or so. Then another uh, regarding college journal souvenir, I wrote a uh, letter uh, with my team. Then I forwarded it because I was uh, class representative at the time. Uh, in third year and another was the uh, regarding UAE, University Allied for Essential Medicine that is there and uh, Nepal, uh, only IOM is registered there. So I tried to open another chapter uh, representing NIHS but I could not, um, two of the uh, proposal got accepted but third one did not and it, that was the tough time you know like uh, our principal was so strict and he was uh, like when I give a proposal to him he used to give another homework for me. <laughs> Just really tough. But when starting, uh, why we need UAEM? I did lots of homework, and during that, I just take uh, background of the all the founder member and uh, recent member of the UAEM, and they were just second and third year in uh, this medical school student, and they were doing lots of research work. They were involved in sort of uh, molecular analysis and all. Then I thought we are lagging because we are not involving in this sort of activities. So I initiated. And I did nothing, thus I tried to ignite a small initiative in this research field. You know, like just I did prevalence sort of study in most of the department when I uh, got rotated in my clinical rotation so that people start to think of research. And now uh, with this few year uh, of the tenure uh, when NIHS established and it's now um, already uh, people have uh, registered its name so many in so many places like you guys are there and now people also get, getting involved in so many research articles and doing uh, other sort of work and for that i joined jnma and uh, i personally uh, talked to dr angel and all and then this is how i started my research career and personally i advise all the medical students and those graduate please get involved as soon as possible this is not late, but when you do more uh, lagging, then obviously you will get lagged and you can't initiate. And beginning is the toughest part of the research. Because you don't know how to do, how to proceed, where to proceed, whom to approach. And if you don't know that, you will get lagged. And um, in the medical school, this is the uh, best environment for that. Because you have community medicine department, you can approach those faculties there. You can, you, you have IRC. Institutional Ethical Review Committee, they can help you. But if you are not involved in any medical school, there is no IRC, you have to approach NSRC, and it is more difficult task for you people. So, in the medical school, you can begin simple study, then you can let the foundation, you know basics, 
what is pre-research phase, what is research phase, what is post-research phase, what is publication era. So it will be easy path for people forward. And obviously, with no doubt, medical students must know how to conduct research ethically and what is research and why it's needed for us. So, okay. I hope uh, that uh, clarify your question. Yes, and when you're saying this, I realize that how could we have used that platform we got in first year uh, to better foster our skills. And since I've already passed that phase, I'd re uh, request and request our juniors to do that uh, efficiently. Obviously, and yeah. also, yes, thank you. And I would also like to thank you for all the works you have done in your pioneer years. Uh, you have paved us the way for so many things. And when you're saying this, um, we also need to realize that some of us are complete beginners in this field. And we get overwhelmed by the research articles that flood the journals. And many a times, uh, even the journal section of the library remains haunt us. So, um, and it's basically because of the fear of not understanding, right? So yeah. uh, are there any tips you would like to give uh, for those complete beginners um, who are willing to get the first glimpse of the research article? So, okay, well, uh, as you said, library subscribes uh, many journals and the college or university must do that because the college or university that is teaching and guiding so many students and they should expose those students to the uh, world not just to that university or college only so to increase the horizon horizon of knowledge they should subscribe and that's still in the library that's first in the library only. You should you need not to go outside of your college as well. So basically, uh, what I suggest personally is you can utilize your leisure time. You have plenty of leisure time. Um, I know that being uh, we use uh, all those social medias, uh, having so many not useful things like Facebook and all. So I I I, I don't advise to utilize um, uh, your study time in reading those papers. But what I say. In between, when you go to library and read books, you get saturated and you feel bored. At that time, you can just go through that research paper. Just take that. No need to go in detail, everything, because it's not needed and we don't uh, prefer uh, all individuals to go through all the papers and know what is written there and then. But just to get sensitized. In the leisure time, like going outside with your colleagues, watching movies, uh, using Facebook and all, you can just go through a paper just a paper and you can see what they are doing after after doing that you get inside uh, how you can proceed what people are doing and what you need to do because you know like the research people are doing in us may not be feasible in your scenario you when you read all those things uh, which is feasible in us but it's not feasible in your place it's not uh, the way you should you, uh, use your time rather you just take the title which is appropriate to your scenario and then you can get inside what people are doing and what you can do and then utilize your ideas and then generate uh, sort of research title and proceed to that uh, research so as i said you can utilize your leisure time in between your study and saturation uh, then uh, you can just uh, not just a paper because in, in the library so many journals will be available uh, you can just screen through you, you can skim through the uh, title of the papers and when you feel or you you are interested in just read methodology of that section what they did after that you can think okay that is within uh, my hand and that's not you can decide that by going through methods and when you went through proper methods 
and you realize that okay that's possible in our setting then you can plan you can read more articles regarding that topic you can then uh, plan properly uh, you can write a proposal you can submit that to the irc and then you can uh, make a collaborator team to you who will do data collection who will help in statistical portion and all then accordingly you can proceed so basically in medical school though you can't understand all those high five tests like for example so loss degradation analysis uh, sort of uh, this um, uh, redman tool maybe it will be difficult to you people to understand and uh, run but you can just begin with simple studies which will be on your hand by going through the papers available in the library and reading 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 that only give you ideas without reading you won't know what's going on outside and what you can do so basically you have to read don't get afraid many people don't understand what's written in the that scientific journal because that may be written for the speciality like a cardiac surgeon might have wrote a paper regarding say open heart surgery and you may get lost because you don't know what they do in the cardiac surgery so you should not read that sort of paper but rather you can read some simple papers by just screening through the title and you can begin and don't get hesitated uh, by just saying oh god this is so tough and all they are not when you reread re and reread then you can uh, get what's written there and what they are doing what you can do and all so that helps you is that all right thank you so much yes bye thank you so much so we'll try to keep five peers aside and just venture in that library journal section too because we feel that we have not been utilizing our resources properly and you've already emphasized that reading a journal is very crucial for medical students and uh, told about utilizing your free time as well but uh, please could you suggest any easy journal that we could start reading so that we get the motivation because the first time understanding kindles the motivation in you to go further and read other complex articles so that even if you don't read it, even if you don't understand it, then it'll be like, fine, I'll understand it someday. So if a first year medical student has to go to that library, which journal should he pick up, which is simply illustrated, written well? Are there any suggestions that you could give us? Yeah, well, so I don't preferably suggest you to go through Lancet and Anisium, basically, because they will be doing so nasty sort of tests to just uh, illustrate simple thing because of the quality and everything that matters to them. But what is applicable? What we can do in our society? That's there. We, we have our own journal, MJSPS, Medical Journal of Sleep in the Hospital is there. You can read that so that you can get an insight of what is there in sleep in the hospital. Because most of the article will be from sleep in the hospital or associate thing. Likewise, there are so many journals in Nepal, Nepal Journal Online. There are so many. You can check them. And they, they do publish, you can get notification if you want to get notified as, as well. As well as other quality journals, there are five, six, this is uh, indexed in PubMed, rest are not. So I uh, prefer you people uh, to suggest uh, like Journal of Nepal NSRC, Nepal Research Council, as well as Journal of Nepal Medical Association, which are multi-speciality. Again, I'm emphasizing you. There as well, you better not to go inside paper written by a specialist which you may not expose to like for example uh, did you complete your surgery rotation yes the third year we completed our third year surgery rotations 
So okay, so you might have exposed to some type of surgery, but you may not do all the surgery. And am I right? All type of surgery you may not get exposed because I know pretty well that you, you don't have opportunity to get uh, assist and to uh, examine or say to observe all the surgery. So when a paper written by a surgeon regarding some rare surgery, when you re uh, read that, you will not get anything. So it, it will be just like waste of time. So what I suggest is going through multi-specialty journal as well, you should think what is within your scope. So basically journal publishes article in, within their scope and being multidisciplinary journal, they can publish from variety of specialty. But you may not know what they have wrote being you are you were not exposed and you don't have knowledge about that field. So reading that multi-specialty journal, you should be aware um, uh, which is within you. I mean, uh, which paper you can understand and you can replicate. Uh, I'm um, more emphasizing towards oh, which is applicable to you, you know, like uh, otherwise you, uh, reading a paper, you can get insight on the different topic as well because knowing the thing is another sort of curiosity. But at this phase, we want to conduct some research article or some research. Uh, so uh, I'm emphasizing with that. So basically, you just screen through the uh, title of the paper. After screening through title, you can get idea. We see which will fit to you, which one. So after that, you can read the method portion and all. So basically, uh, you can read Journal of Nepal Health Research Council, JNMA, and other teaching hospitals like MJSPS because they give the perspective from your scenario. If you read uh, article uh, from US best, and because they are using so many hyphen tests, so many hyphen modality of examining a patient and all, which may not be available to you. So you should know what is within you first. And to know that you should read paper uh, or say article published from your scenario. And also you should uh, think that, is it applicable to you? I mean, that is feasible for you to conduct or not. So basically uh, you will know that by the screening the title and reading paper from your scenario. And for that, I suggest you to read journal from teaching uh, hospital like MJSPS. So many journal uh, you will get, all, almost all journal published uh, in the medical field, uh, registered in NEPSOL will be there in the library. Please do visit and check, you can get that here and there. Otherwise, you can just check NEPSOL site. NEPSOL will give all the uh, online journal uh, from Nepal and most of the journal are registered here. This is here that I um, will surely keep this in mind um, yeah, when we um, next time go to library and uh, you know if you have fear of going to that section again um, so I, um, I we wanted to know that research it, 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 it's in itself a hot topic for discussion in any student circle right and it, it's even in ours um, everyone gets wants to get involved in this uh, but very few dare to take their founding state and um, are there any ways or you would like to suggest suggest to us or how can we find ways to do that so well as i said prior as well uh, you are you are having best environment right now being in the medical college where you can approach uh, to the your faculty member who know some something at least about research and all. So uh, for that, you have plenty of opportunity. First, what you can do, you can just take some of the journal paper which are there in the library. So what you can do, what uh, we, we uh, what is feasible on you, you can get that from the uh, paper published in journals. Second, you can approach community of, uh, medicine department. 
Also, you can consult with IRC member. There is a community medicine departments. Uh, on uh, one side, there is the list of the uh, community, mem uh, community medicine faculties. And on the other side, there is the list of the members who are there in the uh, IRC board. Okay, so please do check. So you can consult them. So basically, research should be conducted in ethics. Best, right? So there is Helsinki Declaration. Uh, which preserves the human right and the uh, right of the uh, participant in the researcher. So you should follow that. So for that, you should consult ethics, ethics board, I mean IRC. So basically NSRC can't examine all the uh, research which will be either ethical or unethical. So they have extended their branches to every medical college because medical college is, as I said, one where most medical students or associates should conduct research work for many purposes to generate evidence, to get promoted, and to guide and to involve all people in the research as well. You know, so, so the NSRC people have extended their branches and in NSRC as well, there is IRC, where you can approach to get idea. And as I said, ethics is the uh, pre-research phase event. So when uh, you uh, read any article and you thought, okay, so I can uh, do this research in my field, I mean, in my scenario, so let's, begin with this. At that phase, you will read some more paper associated with that title. So after reading that, you can uh, make a firm conclusion in your mind that I will gonna do this research in uh, coming days. So after that, you should proceed to the ethics. So you should uh, get clearance later, IRC approval later. So uh, for that, you should submit a proposal, what you are planning to do. So in the pre-research phase, after reading everything associated with, if not everything, but basic thing associated with your title, you will generate ideas, then you will write your ideas, then after you will submit to the IRC to review. So when they review, they examine first and foremost thing, is it feasible and ethical to conduct in your setting or not? Main thing they will examine that. So if that is feasible, if you are doing okay, uh, or your plan is okay and there is no any uh, ethical issue like uh, they, you, you are uh, following Helsinki declaration well then they will say okay proceed then accordingly you have to enter into the research phase and in, in that phase you should uh, uh, collect the data necessary for you people and then and you will after collection of the data you will analyze it using appropriate statistical tests and then you will draw the uh, result section so accordingly you have to move so basically in the medical college you have best time, don't, deal, don't delay more, just from day zero, from today, start to read some paper which you feel appropriate, try to consult IRC member, try to consult your faculty, try to consult your colleague, try to consult senior who are doing some work and after consulting that, either you can collaborate to them or you can uh, start on your own to the end of the paper. So, but my sincere suggestion, move ethically. Yes, Diane, when you're explaining this, you, you're making this sound so simple. I'm wondering if it's that simple or not. Um, but, but when we're approaching teachers, seniors, or even friends, it can sometimes be intimidating, right? So yeah. uh, what can we do about it? Uh, based on your experience, how had you done and uh, how would you like to suggest us to do it? So well, uh, one thing is, as I said, it is very difficult to begin. Research is very difficult to begin. Everyone say research, do research, do research, but most of them don't don't say what you need to do, how you need to approach. Right. So why they don't do you know why why they don't share how you need to approach, what you need to do? Because most of they them also that. 
most of them also don't have fear idea of that so if they are not having fear idea they will hesitate to tell detail and main thing is the as i said most of them might not be getting involved in those sort of activities so may, may not be guiding well so uh, for now i'm saying uh, my experience as i said i started to work on some paper uh, during my end of the second year and third year basically so uh, i i get involved in uh, jnma from my second year onwards i used to attend the simple session uh, like uh, dr angel used to guide i hope you have attended that session during intensive and sort of program that is pretty good i tried my best to guide my junior batches uh, when i were there in the nss but they were not interested and i i felt that why i am doing this if they are not interested at all so i, I just stopped there and then uh, because i, I were already having busy time in, in my internship and but i was trying to uh, involve them in other paper and uh, promoting them to get involved uh, but unfortunately i could not do that in that tenure so but uh, nowadays people are very uh, active and they are mailing and they are messaging me how to get involved in all and so i am assisting them pretty well i hope they will do um, good job in coming days right uh, doing research uh, main thing is when you get sensitized what to research what you need to do then there and then you start to read about papers and all examine the paper what did they how did uh, they did their job so after doing that you will get form idea so basically what i say don't feel intimidated because even right now uh, my family member from nss they do mail me how to approach what to do where to approach and all so i do guide them so this is the field this is the field of learning so learning never ends so why you are learning because you don't know you should not feel intimidated and uh, like low so uh, you ask to the appropriate person like oh, when you attend jnm session you can ask to friends or other people who are there and participant or your collaborator in the college you can ask as i said community medicine department member irc member if they don't have a fair idea and they could not explain something you can ask to me as well as for people who are involved in you can get clarified with the thing and as i said prior i again will say please do thing ethical is must when when i were doing my internship and uh, my clinical rotation i shared many ideas to my faculty member most of the time i used to talk with my uh, teacher and seniors and i used to share what we can do what data we have what data we can generate in this setting so that's that's how i used to generate proposal after my clinical rotation used to ends i used to come in my room and i used to search about the topic what is ongoing around now regarding that topic and what is feasible in our setting i used to examine i wrote so many proposal i i used to write a proposal within a day or two after reading so many paper because my job is to come back in the room and read papers and then generate ideas what we can do in our setting so at that time i wrote a lot so many of them could not complete it the uh, because of the time constraint because of the lack of co uh, collaborator uh, and all i could not because i have to follow patient i have to uh, generate uh, uh, enough time to get involved in data collection part and i could not collect all, uh, data from all patient at a time so uh, what to say that that was a bad experience with me but i avoided some of the paper uh, where i were working uh, and later uh, those 
I could complete, I work on and I publish that in the journals. So basically, at this point of time, I advise, don't feel low. If you don't know, ask. You have five class here. Yeah? Nobody will say, why you ask this here? Yeah? So if your uh, people do say so, don't feel low. Ask another people. And uh, you can ask to senior, you can ask to friend, you can ask to a teacher. You have so many options. You know, you are in medical college. You are a senior, you have your teachers, and if not, you have library. Yeah. There is access to Inari, there is access to many journals, and you can generate ideas. So please, as I said, beginning is the uh, main thing, and it's difficult time, so begin right now. Thank you, Bai, for your inspiring words as well. So after this, when we start our research, we start with so much of enthusiasm and you said you had your highs as well as your lows and many a times when we do that, collect all the data, do the literature review, we have put such an amount of effort and we do everything with so much of care and then afterwards when we go forward with publication, even submitting a manuscript can be so intimidating at times as to shall I click this button or shall I not? And what is the next step? Will the next step appear? So that intimidation is there. But afterwards, when we are so excited with that paper and feel that our work can contribute something, what if uh, our paper gets rejected from a journal? So I'd like to ask, have you ever got a journal rejection? And okay. starting with that enthusiasm, how does it feel to get rejected? And uh, what should we do after getting rejected? Okay, well, so uh, there are so many uh, rejections I got. I don't feel any sort of uh, bad, though when it gets rejected many times from many journals, it will obviously, but it is a part of processing a article, manuscript, to enhance and improve the quality of the paper. You know, around 50% of the research work which we do won't publish at all. They get rejected. They won't publish. And the rest will publish. And that also depends on the scope of the journal, quality of the work they did. Everything matters. Publishing is one of the, I say, very difficult tasks. Doing business is not so difficult, maybe. And it's like, you know, uh, playing football. Playing football with uh, editors versus we authors. We want to do go. Editors are defending. They don't want. They are seeking us. So many times I got rejected. I got rejected from JNMA. I got rejected with so many international journals. But that's not like rejecting at uh, rejecting for forever. That's not like. Why did reject? Maybe the article you wrote or you, you have worked is not within their scope. Because all journals can't publish all the papers they get, no? You know, I hope you got it. Another formatting. You wrote an article, well, you wrote well, but that's not within the format of the journal. I don't know you have checked paper or not, but every journal has their own unique formatting. Some paper want a table and figure to be uh, within the main text. Some want that to be in the separate file. Some want that to be in the later part of the, the paper. Some want some referencing in APA, some in Vancouver style. Even the structure may be different. For the same thing, like for example, uh, background, background information of your uh, work which you did. Some want you to write background. Some want you to write just introduction. Some want Someone may not want that. 
from the small aims, aims and objective of people. And even I have seen that some people don't want heading like um, methods, result, discussion and all. It was interesting, you know, like frontiers, frontiers in frontiers sort of uh, say series of journal. They don't like result and discussion section. They rather want, want unique sort of heading. I got surprised. They don't want discussion heading. And so, so if the article is not structured in the way they want, they will reject. And, and, and you know, rejection is also in different steps they do. One is from editorial desk. So what happens when we send a journal, send an article to a journal, first they, uh, the mail is uh, got by an editor or chief editor. They, they see uh, that and they screen whether that article is appropriate to the, that uh, journal or not, whether that article is structured well or not, whether that article is suitable or not. They just screen and judge on their own basis. See, an editor will judge. You wrote a paper, you send it, or editor will judge. Although your article may be structured well, although you might have wrote well, everything is fine. Maybe that article may be within that scope of the journal, but you may get rejected because that is judged by a single editor. Editor will see or sort of editor will assign for that. They will judge. And they will reject there and then. So decision is upon editors. Then after one, if editor want that journal article to be screened, they will send to the reviewer and the reviewer will send comments. After that also, article can be rejected. Many times we get that reviewer comment uh, stating that that is not within the uh, scope of that journal or that is not uh, a publishable article because of so many flaws like this, 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 they will list and send. And that comments is very important. So that we can improve our paper now after that comment. Although the article is rejected from journal, they will provide a comment if the article uh, is peer reviewed and after that, that is rejected. So then we can improve the quality of the paper and submit to the another journal. But that's the opportunity for us. Nah? One thing. Next is, as I said, it is just editorial uh, best thing to reject. There are so many examples. I hope you heard that. Uh, it's, uh, in the uh, JNMSSR, Dr. Andrew used to quote, even Nobel Prize owner journal article rejected by prestigious journal like BMJ or sort of thing, that will be accepted by first submission by another journal like NECM with the message that fantastic job, you did well and so and so. So basically it's individual decision. So you can't say that. Uh, whether that will be accepted fully or will reject it. But one thing keep in mind, rejection is not a big deal. You will get rejected. Another journal will accept. And right now, there is also another game going on. Publish or perish. If you publish, you will publish that paper. If you not, another journal will publish. So basically, this game also making some conflicts in the medical field. Like recently, Mayra et al. published a big size paper, Lancet and Anisium. Both got retracted regarding COVID. I don't know you heard of it or not. So that's like you do publish or perish again. If you publish, you will publish. Otherwise, other will publish. So there is a competition between journals who will publish it. Then they will publish, but they, they may not examine everything, every aspect of the paper, and they will uh, backdrop. Like the man said, having journey of around 200 years, and now people have tweeted like Lancet has died. 
So basically, it's just a YouTube tradition, but you should not feel low when you get rejected. You should rather improve your quality of your paper, submit to the annual journal, they will then accept it. If that's uh, the substantial quality is there, and that journal uh, article meets the requirement of the journal. So rejection is also a process. They, they try to defend, we try to go it. So that's it. This is interesting. I find it quite interesting when you're explaining all this. And basically, we need to remember uh, that we are not to be disheartened whenever we get the rejection, right? Right. Um, and the example that you use of a footballer, I found it so cool, and I'm definitely going to use it whenever I'm going to talk about this to another person. Um, that's not moving ahead. Uh, uh, biostatistics, is, uh, how important biostatistics is for a researcher and do you really need to have a detailed knowledge of biostatistics too? Okay, so fine. <laughs> As I said prior, biostatistics is the one thing which is very difficult to the uh, medical student but it is really most no stuff. If you don't know biostat, you can't interpret the resource finding. If you can't interpret it, you don't know what's written there. It will really like awkward colors and vice versa. If you don't know what is written there, you can't interpret it. So it will be like a piece of paper and you can just throw it in the dustbin, but you can't understand what's written there. So by start, you should know it. As I said prior, for same inference, people can use different tests. So so-called hi-fi test. Just to get inference to that point, or people can use a type of test which they feel appropriate. Another set of researchers may use another sort of test, which they appropriate. One test might be simple to interpret, another might be very difficult to interpret. You know, so people may make things complex by using different statistical tools and tests. So if you want to uh, be a master, you should know biostat very well. If you don't know odds ratio, hazard ratio, risk ratio, attributable risk ratio and all, what is number needed to treat, what is number needed to have, they will interpret like this. Odds of having this disease is this in this group of people. Okay, what is they are saying? Odds of having odds and even we used to interpret in that way, but what is this odd mean? So basically you should know what is odds ratio, where we can use odds ratio, where we use uh, risk ratio and all. So if you know well and if you have an idea of this, if you know what is significant, what is p-value, what is confident interval, and basically you should know uh, those measures of distribution, mean, median, mode, stat and these standard deviation, variance. If you don't have the idea of that, it will be difficult for you people to understand what is written there. So main thing we are lacking is the statistics. I can say surely most of the statistics in Nepal are not based on biomedical field. So they don't understand what we are saying and we can't understand what they are saying because we should have statistical knowledge. So for now, please just know basic concept. Basic concept in what? This distribution, measure of distribution, mean, median, mode, statistical difference, variance and all, then odds ratio, hazard ratio, risk ratio, and attributable risks, this uh, number needed, number time because they do interpret this thing. Um, research article based on this. Most of the experimental study is based on NNT interpretation. So we did analysis based on number needed to treat. So what do you understand by that? If you don't know what is number needed to treat, we would be in fixed. Oh, what they are saying, I can't understand it. So basically, so I'm not saying you know everything at first because I also 
was not having those ideas like what is normal related to trade and all during my third year. But basically, I went through all the paper and all, then I found it. Okay, this is it. So basically, eight your stage right now. First, you just understand what is the different uh, this measure of distribution, what how they generate it, how they measure it, and all. Then, after reading papers, you will get ideas. What is that? And if you don't know at the time, you can search and you can get because everything is there in the Google. As uh, our friends used to say, oh, Google Baba is there. And I hope you know how to search in Google because he used to say many a times you must master in it. And he used to challenge us as well. So basically, please try it, read it. Main thing is read, read, and read until you know. And try to search, you'll get it. And if you don't know, ask your seniors and teacher, you can. I will clarify some of statistic is the basic fundamentals as well as backbone. Without that, you can interpret. Result is only based on the study, you know. Result. Result is the main thing, nah? When you do some research, result is the main thing. The other thing like how you did, whether you did in a good way or not, that's there. Ethical issue and all are there. But result is main thing. That has main impact. And if your result is not interpreted well, not using statistics and not doing in a well manner, it's nothing. That won't give sort of impact, nah? So basically statistics is that thing. You must know, you must know how to interpret and you should write using proper statistical test to interpret your result uh, of your research paper. So uh, for now, you just start to um, begin with simple thing like this, this measure of distribution, uh, the p-value, significance and all, confidence interval. If you know this much of thing right now, and when you start to do it, uh, this sort of thing like research and all, you can read uh, other paper and you will get ideas later in the days. Okay. Thank you so much, that because many of us hold back because we feel that we don't have the knowledge of statistics. So we understand that while during the research process or reading as well, we can side by side take the knowledge of biostatistics and we don't need to have a detailed knowledge before we venture into this. So um, as you had said that when you initiated an organization, you realized that it was run by second year medical students and you felt like how backward we were. So uh, talking about our friend, uh, second year medical students from many different countries like Philippines and uh, even Thailand, they present their systematic reviews and meta-analysis in conferences and we'll be there uh, sitting where we haven't even done the first prevalence study being in third year of medical school. So that's a kind of thing that we contemplate on. So um, we uh, saw the message that you started and ventured into systematic review recently. So uh, we would like to ask you, how can we conduct one? Is it even possible in a setting like Nepal and being a medical student? And because we always fear that it's too complex that it's the highest level of evidence. So can we as medical students do it? And if we want to do it, what are the prerequisites that are necessary? Yeah, well, uh, preferably I advise beginner to begin with simple cross-sectional study. I hope that also said by the Dr. Angel. Uh, even I tried to conduct a randomized control trial, but it was not possible for me. So I have got it. As I said, I have, uh, I, I got so many concepts and I, I read so many papers and generated ideas, but some of were were not feasible in uh, our setting as well as not possible due to time constraints. So I aborted them. Uh, for now, just for now, okay. Uh, so uh, after that, you can do that. 
For now, I advise you to do cross-sectional study. Simple, like knowledge that is written, practice best. You can use Likert scale, or you can use standardized questionnaire, to, or you can replicate similar study done by other student or other colleague in the other medical college. Then you can get ideas. So what is resources? So what is IRC approval? What is pre-suspense? What we can do? What we should do and all? Next, how we conduct cross-section study first? You know, after that, with having those ideas, we can move ahead. No doubt, we can do RCTs. We can do this systematic review. But what we need? We need appropriate resources, appropriate amount of time, which may not be available in medical school. Being a, you know, like to finish all those curriculum stuff in time to attain exam and all that is also there, no? So you can't fully focus on the research part only. Otherwise, we can, with no doubt, we can do systematic review, meta analysis, being a medical student as well. But for a beginner, start with cross sectional study, simple test reporting, because you know, most of the faculty members, like so called MD, uh, after MD as well, they do reporting, case reporting and all, not in Nepal only, in foreign country as well. So no need to jump in the RCT and systematic review meta-analysis at first. But what you do? Do simple studies first. To get ideas, you know, like in systematic review, what do we do? We use odds ratio, relative risk, hazard ratio to interpret the finding, you know? And you don't know what is, what are the measure of distribution, how we do this and all, and how you can interpret odds ratio and relative risk, hazard ratio, median, uh, 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 mean distribution, standard of mean distribution to calculate the meta-analysis and all. So it will be difficult for you at first, you know? So I strongly advise do some case reporting, simple cross-section study. Then if you want to do systematic review, go through Cochrane Handbook. Cochrane Handbook of Systematic Review. Cochrane is the one we are having major chunk of this systematic review and registered trials there. Prospero is there where we can get all the trial online. And other clinical trials also get top basis right now. But to do a systematic review, you should have broad ideas. Ideas of everything, what is done on the topic. You should source all the available databases. You know, first of all, you should know how to source for that. How to source systematically in the old databases available, like for example, PubMed, Inbase and all. If you don't have idea how to source, your methodology will be weak. You will be uh, having more chance of going wrong thing. And you know, as you said properly, this is the highest level of evidence. And if you do some wrong thing and giving wrong impression, what will happen to you? It will defame you, or no doubt, you know. Uh, yeah, recently, I read a meta-analysis in the Med Medrex, uh, this preprint site. Uh, many of people have tweeted that research as meta-analysis, meta-analysis. Defaming the authors, no? So basically, when you do a meta-analysis without knowing everything of the topic, that will defame you, because people uh, need adequate and good quality evidence. And not having ideas of basic and doing everything in rampant way, will defame you, will give bad impression at first. So I strongly advise to first cross-sectional simple study, have plenty of ideas of it, so that you can do it, everything. Nothing is impossible for you to do. If you have really the curiosity of that uh, thing, you can, but first you should know, uh, I will just give a glance how we do systematic review. We should know what is the appropriate topic for now. You know, if systematic review saw similar systematic review meta-analysis done in plenty of number, then no need to do the same thing. Because everyone knows that, you know, like 
this is it. We are generating evidence, and that evidence is already generated there. No point of doing same thing like in the systematic way. You know, you can do imperialist study, cross-section study. You can replicate it. You know, but in meta-analysis, uh, systematic review, no need to replicate similar. If that is already there, no need to do more. You got it. So if there is newer paper, newer randomized control trial, newer quality studies or sort of studies are there, uh, where you thought or where you think that he, okay, so uh, now so many evidences, newer studies has added, but uh, no recent studies is there. So you think that, okay, so let's try uh, what we can get. You can decide there. You got it. So if not doing meta-analysis, is of no point if there is already so many meta-analysis on the topic is there and no any contribution you are going to get. Uh, I forgot to mention about doing research is one for you people. You can get the title entitlement, you can get praise, oh I did this. Next to the fraternity. Okay, by my research, this will aid this evidence so that people can utilize my paper to do more. Like this, this, this. Another other researcher. From your research by reading that, they can practice based on your paper one thing next you will raise some question where we have to work more where is the lagging field so other people can do research on that title the lagging part you know to generate evidences so basically that's the thing not for the title only you should contribute to the some fraternity you should contribute to the other people as well so purpose of research is that and for that please no basics how to conduct cross-sectional, how to re report a case, and after that you can do systematic review. Systematic for systematic review, you should know how to search properly. You have to prepare a proposal, if any, you want. Then uh, you can either register with Postpera, but open database systematic review only needs Postpera mandatory. Otherwise, you may not need to prepare a proposal for other type of review, uh, other journal review. Cochrane needs Postpera registration, otherwise not. Then you, after searching properly, you should screen for the paper quality of paper, whether that paper is of good quality, bad quality, bias assessment should be done. For that, you should know what is bias is, what are the types of bias. So what type of bias could be in the paper, which maybe in published paper, there could be so many bias. For systematic review, we have to assess that. There are so many tools available in the bias assessment. We can just use Redman for the RCTs, for other type of paper, like observational quality study case series, we have NSLBI and other type of tool. Eight, eight point scoring, 14 point scoring system, so many. So for that, you should know what is bias, how to assess that. After bias assessment is spending, when you got so many people, like in the 10, 15 sort of thing, now you have to do quantitative synthesis, meta-analysis, for meta-analysis. In systematic review, just you need to uh, get the qualitative synthesis only, just inference only. For quantitative, you need to do meta-analysis. For meta-analysis, you should do uh, uh, having ideas, like you should know how to run Redman. Redman and other, other tools are there, but I am giving common example because Redman is the tool commonly used by the Cochrane Database Systematic Review. So, in the Redman, uh, you should know how to run Redman, what are the tests available, how to check for heterogeneity, what is IIV, inverse of variance analysis, what are the appropriate model, like fixed uh, or say random effect model. We can use fixed effect, random effect model. So, what is the type of the data? Is it the dichotomous or the continuous type? So basically everything you should know for the data regarding quantity. So it may take time to learn. So at this phase, I strongly advise you to do first some cross-sectional simple studies. Then meanwhile, you can get ideas of all those statistic part. Then you can do systematic review meta-analysis with no doubt. I hope this clarifies your questions.
Good, I will make a note of this. And it was a lot of information. Um, I think we need some time to contemplate on that. Uh, so I, um, we often told that we have uh, we need to have uh, articles that are related to the subject uh, when you're applying for the residency. And that would make us uh, easier to get the seat. Um, so uh, for us, we haven't even figured out our area of interest uh, for the residency. How can we make sure of this? Okay, well, so as I said, article is not for your proposal. It has multiple purposes. Writing or doing a research means, obviously, it will give credit to you. Okay, well, I did this paper. I did this work. One. Next, for other benefit, like as you said, for the matching, if you are applying for residency, if you are already a faculty side, like for example, lecturer, you need two paper one with main, one with the co-author to get promoted in associate, you need four paper from associate to the uh, uh, professor. So you got it. So you need publication for your promotion as well. That's for you people only, you know, who are doing that paper for them only. For other, you need to contribute to your fraternity. So let's, for example, if you are a surgeon, you are doing some procedure, like for example, let's, be, uh, let's say this uh, phrase procedure for the chronic pancreatitis, you are doing that. So what is your experience you want to share now? So I'm doing phrase procedure and now I'm getting this sort of result. So other people will say, okay, so uh, in phrase, uh, this is the benefit and these are the harm. So we prefer to go with phrase or other procedure like we pass and all. Other procedure also, they are not alternative. So they will trust that. So that contributes to the judgment and decision making by the evidences. Got it? So to contribute to the faculty, fraternity. Even by doing simple capital study, you can contribute it. But your title and your topic should be appropriate to the thing, you know. Next, to the other people, as I said in other researcher, when you do a paper or research work to a topic, you will analyze, you will do something, you will find something. But at the conclusion, you will say, what are the limitations of your paper? What you found lagging? You mentioned, na? So these things are lagging. This should be analyzed more. What that is? Oh, other interest. Oh, okay. So I want to do some work in the malaria. So you said, okay, malaria causing. I will use strange body rather. So other people will say, okay. So let's try to figure out why this strain is um, going up or sort of thing. So they will then later do analysis and research work on that title. So this is how we contribute. So basically, we should not think about on only. We should not think about just matching only. Though you should have idea, as I said, resource is the backbone in the medical field. You should know uh, everything about it, but you should not think about the same, you, you people only. You should think about people as well. Other people who are around you also, you should consider in the, uh, uh, that work when you are doing it. Okay, what will be the impact? Next thing, you can think about, okay, so I will do simple study on this, but you should at the same time think about other people and follow the ethics. Obviously, with no doubt, it will help in residency and further career in your uh, days ahead. But also, we have to think. Hope you got it. So, obviously, no, no, no doubt, it has role in matching and all. So, but though you are not thinking about matching and all, though you are not planning about residency and all, that does not mean that you should not do research. Right? You should. You must know what is research, how we do, what is its impact as well, so that you can conduct it ethically. So you should follow proper IRC guideline and SRC guideline and do accordingly. Thank you guys. So our pursuit of research shall contribute to a larger community rather than just focusing on ourselves. And I think that is how you'll contribute to the medical fraternity in days to come. And as some 
uh, and as someone as our first batch senior who has already gone into medical practice uh, and are experiencing the clinical fields as well, I would want to ask, um, the scenario of research is very different in our country as compared to other countries. So what value does research hold in modifying the healthcare system or where are we lacking that you have felt based on your experiences? Okay, well, so I practiced for two years in the periphery. I've seen plenty of type of uh, various type of disease, various type of cases because I, I used to handle every disease at uh, periphery level. So people are lagging evidence-based practice with no doubt. Another part is research. We are obviously lagging with so many things, including research and evidence-based practice, as I said prior as well. We don't have adequate literature even regarding prevalence. You know. We don't have country-wide prevalence to the many diseases. So how can we practice? Even we don't have the prevalence as well. So it is very difficult. But I want to share one example. Uh, while in the clinic, I used to have so many fever patients, obviously, in the seasons. Uh, in some people, prevalence patient, when we evaluate uh, in, by lab workup, I used to get so many patients with pycytopenia, thrombocytopenia only sort of patient, you know? When I get so many patients with thrombocytopenia but not having dengue and all, not fitting to the dengue classification, so I just check through operate. I read so many papers of this in the prior days. And that I found that in around 2012 onwards, there were more than 100 people published on the fever with thrombocytopenia syndrome, FTP. Fever with thrombocytopenia syndrome, FTS. Oh, then I realized, and what was that? I just tried to examine. Then I found that there's just a viral fever with thrombocytopenia association caused by some virus like Gunia virus category. And I just followed them with some supportive care uh, with uh, proper advice. You should follow up so that I can check these parameters. So if not uh, corrected within this time frame, uh, you need further test. So then later I found that so many patients got into. So basically that that's the impact of research. If not, I might have advised patient to go with more invasive procedure, which may have done more harm. Also, we have to think of the finances and all. So that would be uh, leading to uh, burden to the family financial burden. So basically, I did not advise at first to go with this uh, bone marrow biopsy and bone marrow aspiration and all at first. I just want, is, is, the, is that the same thing? So then I found it. So basically, evidence is like that. So when we get, we have evidence on hand, we can practice on based on that and we can take clinical judgment. So obviously we should have clinical judgment. We can't practice based on just the paper, but we should have clinical judgment and we decide what to do next. So if in some patient, even I, I got some patient with uh, like a, let's say period of 20,000 having menorrhagia and bleeding from gum and all, on those sort of patient, we, I should not say, okay, so this is a fever with this, so let's wait and watch. No, vitals may be deteriorated due to their uh, bleeding and also I advise immediately to go with IR center to do this, this, this. Accordingly, I should act. So basically, this is the level of uh, impact of the evidences uh, on the clinical practice. So this is just an example. So in many fields, it applies. So basically, please do make habit of reading papers, reading research, how to search effectively, and how to use that data in the clinical practice. I do practice according to ACC 2017 guidelines or hypertension. I do practice based on ADA, AD, American Diabetes Association guideline 2018 for the diabetes. So you should update it. Even IHS, this International Evidence Society have given uh, guideline for stroke and all. Recently, this ACR, uh, this uh, Rheumatology Society gave the guideline for the gout management. 
So you should follow it. For that, you should read papers. Otherwise, you won't be knowing that what is published, what is ongoing. Because to get thing in the paper, it will take around 10 years or more in our context. Uh, you read about gynecology, na? Your theory portion of gynecology has covered, right? Is that so? So, what is the cutoff uh, for the active and the latent phase of the world? Do you know? When we have to fill the partograph. So, when you need to start. More than a four centimeter. Oh, yeah. It is there. That is four centimeter in the book. But it's not now. In around 2011-12, one article is published to analyze the data. Data, like uh, uh, when the transition occurs in from in inactive, uh, say, latent phase to the active phase. Say, uh, second stage of the labor, when it begins and when we need to fill the partograph. So that was already evaluated in 2012. It's not there in our book. Our standard book is not updating that thing. So you are reading the whole thing. So it was in 1960s or 70s. They did so many uh, patient uh, ex ex they examined and then they found that, okay, from this activist start. But later that we re-evaluated in 2012 that another finding came out. It's now six centimeters. Only after six centimeters that activist starts. They're saying that right now. So it is updated by 2017 in the most of the USMLE books, but not in our curriculum books. See the difference. So when you read paper of uh, those things, or you'll get nothing in time. But be sure that while writing an exam, you will have to be aware. Otherwise, if you write six centimeter and your faculty is just saying about four centimeters and not updating data, you get a chance of failing as well. But interesting thing is, we are not updating our thing, but things get changed like that. You know, the hypertension definition, JNC8 was there. But disparity between JNC8 and 2017 SCC ASC guideline is so heaven and hell differences there. So why we need to cut down the blood pressure transition to the lower they are extremely well. So if you read paper updating those things, you will know this. Otherwise, you will just read JNC8 and all. Then you will try to practice that only. And people will say that, okay, 150, 90 blood pressure is normal. So like that thing happened. Okay, so based on the evidence, we should update it as well. So okay, continue ahead. Okay, bye. So um, we learned so much from you and I think we won't be scared to venture into this as well. And it seems so exciting to read a paper as well. Oh, well, uh, so that we also received some uh, emails regarding um, the questions that they wanted to ask you particularly. And uh, we got one from um, our very own senior Dai, uh, Somya Pahari. And okay. he has uh, that he uh, has always been inspired by your brilliance, as we all have been. And he has asked uh, that, how do we begin getting into research from med school? And what resources do we need? What background do we need to study first? I think it's been covered somehow, but if there's anything you need to add. Okay, well, so I explained well, I think, uh, in the questions. Basically, to begin is the one of the hardest thing to prime in this field. But as a beginner, you should go visit library journal section. You just check few of the journal paper, like for example, MGSPS journal is there, journal of the Bandar Medical College, for example, KMC is there. So many are there. Just check through. Or in other way, you can now you are at home, so uh, you can try Nepal Nepal's uh, journal online site. Or where this almost all journal are here from all medical college. So when you go in just check archive, you can get everything. Or in other other way, you can also try NEPMED, where you can see this NNC, NSRC, NMA, and all they are there. Or you can directly go into journal site where you can face the paper and read. After reading, as I said, 
after reading a title of the paper, you will get okay. So this is reading. Uh, this this study is about this uh, disease. Okay, so this is my interest. So read methods. Okay, what they did after reading methods, you will get idea, few idea because methodology should be clear so that people can replicate similar study in the other uh, setting. So they, they they should write that in clear way with with uh, explaining everything. So they do, and when you read the methods. Okay, so they did this, which is feasible to me as well. Okay, let's begin with this. So if you generated enough idea uh, or, or say uh, enough uh, consideration on the topic, then now you have to source on that topic as well. So you search in Google, uh, you know how to search in Google, you, you can try a power searching with Google. So you can check filter and all, then you can find so many papers related to that topic. So when you get so many papers in the topic, you can get clear ideas. What is the current trend on that topic? You know, current trend. What is ongoing now? You should be updated now. You should not doing paper like done in 30 years back or sort of thing. You know, so what is ongoing in the topic? Okay, so the article you read is current. The current scenario is going on that, uh, that sort of paper. So, okay, then plan it. Plan. Then try to write proposal. Write everything you want to express, what you want. Then after you feed in with proposal, there are so many uh, formats. You can try with NSRC format if you want to submit in the NSRC for proposal consideration. You can write in simple uh, this uh, uh, our IRC, NS IRC, uh, if you want to submit in IRC of the NSS. Then being a medical school, one thing I um, forgot to mention, uh, most of the time uh, they advise to have a guide who is already graduated or faculty. I, I forgot to mention. So. Um, so when you uh, consider a guide, they should be having fair idea uh, what next to do. They may not contribute in all section, but they just guide. So they are guide or say uh, supervisor. They will supervise you. So for a medical student, uh, they advise that. Okay? Most of the time, they should have either supervisor or guide who is already graduated or expert in that field or your teacher themselves. So after uh, proper study on the topic, you wrote everything, then send that thing to your supervisor or say uh, your senior or say your guide then you will give some suggestion okay so that's great you did some this uh, some idea on this topic so let's modify it like this so this this will help you uh, in the construction or the refinement of the proposal then you will submit the proposal to the IRC then they will give you and then everything is okay they will ask okay proceed they will give a letter IRC approval letter then you can proceed accordingly because you are having approval now that is like Consent, you know, you, you can't examine a patient without consent. Isn't so? So IRC will give the consent to do a research work. So when you get a consent, you can proceed. After that, you will collect data, you will do everything. We uh, should do in time frame, okay? So for a month, you collect data. Now you enter the data, like in the first year days, spaces in, entry and all. You can use EP data and all to enter. You enter the data, you analyze it with the appropriate test. Now you can consult statistician if you are in doubt. See, which test to use? Tyspire test or another test like man with me U test or FISA test or say or uh, test like for example log regression analysis. So which is appropriate to your data? Talk with your statistician, a faculty member. Okay, well and good. You did good sir. You can use Kaispa test because you are doing cross-sectional study and just trying to see the system then okay, Kaispa test is appropriate for the ordinal variable. Then they will say, okay, well done, well done, you can use this. They will advise you. After that, you will uh, analyze the data and take the inference and uh, try to write manuscript. 
manuscript, while writing manuscript, we should consider the guideline. What is your target, Zaman? For example, let's say, I want to submit my article to the NSRC then. Okay, then take the publication published in the NSRC. So you take the format of the NSRC published paper, then you restructure your paper to the NSRC format. Then you submit, then only they will consider. If your structure is Afasar, uh, you have not considered the author's guideline and quality of work is not good, they will straightforward reject your paper. So basically you should follow the author's guideline to uh, make paper. And then uh, after peer review, if you, everything is fine, they will send, editor will send peer for the peer review and you will get comments, you rectify, then your paper will publish. So this is the journey of publishing a paper. It seems like publishing a paper, but it, behind the publication, there are so many tasks which need to be covered. So hope this will clarify this question. Thank you, Lai. Uh, so we have learned a lot from you and we heard so many things about research and you're always, you've always been an inspiring senior. So is there anything you would like to say to juniors and everyone who's listening to us? Yeah, well, so as I said, research is the main thing in the medical field. You should know what is research, how we conduct research, what is the value of research, and how our practice will change based on research. So after knowing that, you must know how to conduct. So basically, you start to do research work. And as I said, medical student life is the best time because you have plenty of time. So utilize your leisure time. Utilize your leisure time, study paper, publish in the good journal, try to follow ethics, and follow some of the senior uh, for instruction and guidance or your faculty and go ahead. Don't feel hesitant to ask anything you don't know. But don't do mistakes. When uh, mistakes or flaws get published, if there is big flaws, the article may get retracted. And to get in retraction list, that is defaming you. So basically, uh, so I advise, please do read paper publishing good journal, try to conduct some paper in ethical ways and apply it in your life because our our field is changing changing with time with evidences so please to apply it in your uh, career so this will give good results in coming days you will uh, grow as a researcher as well as a clinician so it will give credit to you as well as it will improve your fraternity it will improve the quality of the colleague as well so this is not just for you to do so first of all you should realize research is not for you only, it's for the whole community, research community. So, okay, um, this was a good session for you, uh, with you people, uh, and I try to explain everything uh, you want to know to my best. Hope this helped you. Uh, if not, let me know where we have to, um, I, I mean, I have to explain to you people so that it will help you people uh, in the days ahead. Um, it was a good moment to share with you people. We are so uh, immensely proud and we take all the pleasure that we got this opportunity to host you. And um, I'm sure that we, as we learned so many things today, our listeners will also learn a lot from you. And, um, you know, basically we cannot thank you enough uh, for being so modest and so humble. So actually, you know, like uh, what I say is, it's my role and responsibility to guide you people. If is, is there inquiries from you, Bass or sort of thing, uh, you can definitely consult me as well as uh, as I said, you can consult your other senior, your faculty member uh, for more guidance if needed. And this brings us to the end of today's episode. And it became one long session, but definitely a worthy one. 
We hope to come up with more useful content. And in the meantime, if there's anything you'd want us to cover or want to collaborate with us, you know, you can always mail us at podcastnhsothergmail.com. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.